My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is bipolar. Hi everyone. Hi. Welcome back. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I have my most spectacular co-host with me. And I'm Julie Kraft, um, fiery passionate mental health advocate along with Shaylee. Um, if you're just tuning in, we are uh, mental health advocates living with bipolar 2 disorder. Um, just so excited to be sharing, sharing our journeys and connecting with this community. Um, yeah, so we're super excited about this episode today. It's a very positive, happy episode. Mm -hmm. And real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. And just because we're, uh, I think we're really pumped to do it right now for some background. We are recording two episodes in one day. So we just did the hard what not to yeah. say and do. Yeah. So um, that felt so beautiful and healing for us, but it's really nice for us to, um, to work on this one because yeah. I feel like uh, we can give even more hope about how to show up for each other. And the most exciting thing is also reading um, some of the questions and we'll do this at the end. We ask the questions yeah. to our followers and the answers will make you cry. We encourage you if this was encouraging or if you um, found it helpful, I think that your people that love you would appreciate hearing it. And maybe it's easier to hear it from the two of us than maybe saying it. So, um, yeah. And feel free to have your loved ones message. Um, I always answer the Instagram messages or Julie's on the YouTube. If you have, I sounded so old there, the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I am pumped for this episode because there are so many things that can be said and done, even the tiniest things that can make such a difference. If you yeah. are someone living alongside side someone with a mental health struggle, or, um, you know, you have a friend that maybe even has the same diagnosis. And so, yeah, the previous episode was a harder one to film, but this one, um, yeah, I, and we're so thankful for the participation. I think we asked for, yeah. you know, feedback from our community and, uh, it's just, it's amazing. So many of the responses resonate with both Shaylee and I. So, yeah. ah, our, um, communi our community <laughs> is my favorite. So yeah. shout yeah. out. We love you. Um, these are wonderful, wonderful things to say. And this is not to take away from if you're someone that has never heard these words, I hope you let them wash over you because um, yeah, you deserve 
to be spoken to this way and to be taken care of. So we might have to say some of the um, what what not to say and then say the the opposite thing or the yeah. positive thing. We might have to do a little bit of back and forth if someone's just tuning in or to yeah. remind ourselves. Yeah, so, that's a great idea. Yeah. So here we go. The first, before we get into everybody else's beautiful ideas, we wanted yeah. to share some of our stories because we yeah. love stories. And uh, so I would love to hear, Julie, um, right after your diagnosis, or even I know you've shared that you ha didn't share with more than probably your husband right after, but then the four years later, you put out a video to the entire world. That was I did. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. What were one, the most, yeah, let's talk about the most helpful yeah. things people did. And then when we get to your video things, people said, and it doesn't have to be right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I might talk about the progression of things, my needs changing. Yeah, for sure. So I was diagnosed in the spring of 2010 had all the feelings about my diagnosis and didn't think I was really going to share it with anyone. And I think there was so much stigma and I was so afraid of the reactions of people. I assumed they would back away. I assumed, you know, they would put distance between me and them. I assumed they would look at me differently. And so some of the most amazing responses, um, and I'm going to try to get through this episode without tearing up, but as you know, it happens a lot, but it's, this is an emotional one, but um, my brother-in-law. So at the very beginning, I did share with my closest family and friends. And I just remember my brother-in-law, he knows who he is. Um, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Um, he just sort of, there was no judgment. I didn't in any way feel like he was looking at me different. And he kind of just said, without saying it, you know, we knew, we noticed that you were struggling and we love you just the same. And this isn't a shock or a surprise, which I didn't take offense to. I just felt this incredible warmth and unconditional love and acceptance because I think I was so fearful. It was mm -hmm. fine to tell a stranger, you know, down the road that I had bipolar, but when it gets to the people closest to you, I think there's more fear because that relationship is much more meaningful. And I just was so worried that he would, you know, look at me as if I had shamed the family or, you know, how was oh. I treating his brother? And it was the opposite. And he has been just such a cheerleader. I mean, so many people have, but I just, I remember um, his reaction of just love and warmth and acceptance. And then, you know, along the road, I came forward uh, four years after my diagnosis to the world once again, so many people were so kind, but there's one friend and she knows who she is. Um, and I didn't meet her till later on, just a few years back. And I didn't actually show her my video. I think she had found it on her own and we went for coffee and she just looked at me and she said, um, I saw your video. And there's that moment for any of us that have bipolar, there's always that moment. If you ever tell someone there's that, you know, 10 seconds that feels like a lifetime where you're just not sure has their opinion of you changed. And um, so I kind of did a big gulp and I said, uh-huh. And she, and I said, what did you think? And she said, didn't even phase me. 
There was such a feeling of comfort. And I mean, she's a close friend to this day, but those two reactions um, have stuck out in my mind. And then um, after I did come forward and I also wrote a memoir where I really went into detail about sort of how I think and some of the specific things that stress me out. One of them being driving, mm, yes. going to a new place, parking. Um, I was meeting a friend for coffee and she had um, read my book and she sent me a detailed email to right down to the streets where we were meeting, where it was located oh. in the city, the best and fastest route to get there um, and what the parking situation was. And for anyone else looking at that email, they would think, oh my goodness, is she, you know, not a grown adult? Can she not figure this out? But to have that detail, it just mm -hmm. spoke volumes yeah. to me that she heard my story. She heard the things that are hard for me. She listened to those and she went that extra mile to make me feel comfortable. And when people do that, it just, it gives you a sense of safety and security. You feel understood. Um, and I didn't feel in any way that, you know, she was treating me like a child. It just, that whole email just oozed with, um, I care about you and I've listened to you. And this is the result of that. And so those are a few of the um, moments along my journey that have really stuck out and really been thing, uh, they've really been things that have, you know, been so helpful. And now it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just to bring that point home. <laughs> we talked about in the last episode about, you know, not doing what you think. And yeah. I think that beautiful moment with your friend is that she heard your needs and she looked beyond what she thought was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And if maybe if she might have, you know, some people think what's well, the big deal kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's as intense, but I think the, until I met you, I never really admitted the, the driving, um, the driving thing, but mine's the parking thing, right? Because I, I can't parallel park if anyone's watching, which basically means you can't parallel park, especially in Vancouver. Yeah, um, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, and friends that just have no problem, like I love friends now that they know that we might park five blocks away if oh. there's your parking spot. They don't care at all. And But I would be so afraid to ask or be like, just so you know, or or whatever, or if they tell me, yeah, to, uh, the parking thing, tell me where to park and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely helpful. I think so immediately after, and this has to do with um, knowing your person as well. I, for those of you that know what love languages are, it's the way you receive love. Um, mine are uh, words of encouragement, but also like gifts or little thoughtful things. And uh you know, I had friends do practical things, but I also remember three friends that I really felt seen by. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, who also uh, speaks regularly and talks about um, mental health. And I can even say her name, my friend, Melania. Um, she, she sent me a note and she had a little vase of roses. And it said, you know, what, 
it's I don't even remember what it said, but I know she ended ended it with your sister in mental illness, Lily. And just knowing her and knowing that, you know, seeing how she was like living beautifully, her best through um, her struggles gave me hope. And, and in fact, I even used the, I use that all the time now, Sisters of Mental Illness. And in fact, um, some blog episodes and things that I did with She Loves Magazine, I actually called it Sisters of Mental Illness because we, I interviewed all women. Yeah. So that, and again, um, my friend, Lara, she now li- doesn't live here and she uh, knows that sometimes words are less and she was so far away. Um, she, we were like totally into this, I'm going to age myself, scrapbooking, you know, like <laughs> scrapbooking. she is the most creative person I know. And she sent me cards. And then now, even when I'm feeling down or when I was stuck in quarantine, she now, um, we encouraged her for years because she's so creative to make things and she now makes these jewelry. And if you're listening, you're going to have to go look, but it's called Flourish Stoneware. But anyways, I wear them almost every day or every episode, but she makes things out of ceramics and it'll just like randomly, not near birthday or anything like that, just show up. Um, you know, thinking of you or this color reminded me of you or yeah. And so those things were, were really, really beautiful. I also friends that knew me um, knew that I that it would be hard for me to be alone during these times. But I didn't know how to like there was this weird time where I didn't because I was away for the eight days at um, a residential treatment center coming off one med going on another um it wasn't a psych ward but it was like this really amazing place that you can go like transitioning kind of thing and uh I went there and then um when I was coming home well first of all I had people visit which was lovely uh but then uh then I came home and I think they just knew, I didn't know how to transition back into my life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like outside of my home. So I was just in my house. My mom was there helping my husband with the kids, yada, yada. And I didn't know how to like go back into the world again. And I was, um, you know, overthinking it and just making it such a big deal that I felt paralyzed about it. And so uh, a friend messaged me and is just like, I have some errands to run and I would love if you could keep me company, um, you know, no expectations. We don't even need to talk if you do, you know, I just love for you to tag along. And we literally, she's like, and I could be there in about half an hour. Um, no pressure. Let me know. Yeah. And for a lot of people that are in a depression or whatever, that would be really hard, but she knew me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like Julie's like sweating. Ah, I don't no, want to never in a million years. <laughs> but for me, and this yeah. is like finding out what people need. Yeah, that was like an introduction back into. I didn't have to have like all the girlfriends over. I didn't have to. Didn't have to be like this debut of bipolar Shaylee. Yeah, it was the same, but just struggling. And yeah. we literally went to Costco and like regular things. And I, it was such a gift because I felt normal. And another one, I, I have, I have beautiful people in my life. Another one was, this was before I was diagnosed, 
but I was, it was right after my breakup of my engagement. Um, I had a prior engagement, listened to another episode about how that rocked my world and terrible. Um, she, we had gone to university together and she didn't return that year. And she knew that I was barely like surviving. I went to my university classes and then spent the rest of the time in bed at my mom's house and with her not leaving the house. I couldn't, I didn't want to be alone. So she, a lot of people show up in the beginning, but it's like, it's long-term, right? This friend, I got a card and it was these cards with like these beautiful like poems on them. And they were also like sparkly, like very artsy, bigger, like the, the good cards, you know, the pricey yeah. cards. The expensive ones. <laughs> Not that that mattered, but yeah. um, I literally got one every week for two months. And I felt so seen because I, you feel like you should be over it. And a lot of people, you feel their expectation, right? I've said before, I feel like sometimes I was on one side of the prayer list and I should get to the other, or there's this destination. And I just felt like she honored that this would be an ongoing thing for me and that it wasn't an expectation to, to snap out of it. And it just gave me permission because I was, I was grieving what I thought my life was going to be like, right? Same with when I found out um, that I was bipolar. So those, those are beautiful things then. Do you have any recent ones or in, in the last little, little while? um, Just so many, even as you were speaking my mind, and I know our minds sometimes are working a mile a minute, but they come at the most unexpected times. Um, I just met someone new a few weeks ago and let her know that I have bipolar and um, she knows that I'm a woman of faith. And so she immediately just wanted to talk to me about stigma within the church and uh, medication. And, you know, I've been open with my bipolar journey for years now. So I was thrilled that she took the time and the interest to just dive into it with me and I thought you know a lot of people I'll let them know and then I don't hear a peep it never comes up um also when people even though I might appear you know when I'm out and about to to be doing great or fine or I have a smile for someone to take me aside and go how are you doing you know how are you really doing doing? um it's like wow they really really care um, I just think it's beautiful that you got those cards because I just think about having something tangible um, that you can look back at, at and reread, you know, but um, I also really, really love it when people ask me questions about my disorder and how, what are my struggles, what makes me anxious because they're, they're making, taking an interest in making that investment to actually find out and understand how a bipolar brain works. It's a mystery to so many people. So, yeah. and I don't know if people think that we don't like to talk about it or if it's this big taboo subject, but I love nothing more than to answer questions about my bipolar. Um, I I just, I wonder, I think it's getting to be a more familiar topic and there's less stigma surrounding it. But, you know, I've also met a few other people recently and, you know, they know I have bipolar, but um, 
there hasn't been a peep about it. Not that I need them to, you know, dive into a three hour session on bipolar, but I just wonder if maybe it never comes up because they're uncomfortable. I also love it when I hear from someone and they just take the pressure off of me having to respond. Sometimes yep. when I'm not doing well, um, emails and texts and phone calls can pile up and just be overwhelming. And I can yep. feel shame and guilt and why can't I keep on top of things? And so to get a message from someone that says, I'm thinking about you, don't worry about writing me an essay back. I just wanted you to know that I love you. I'm thinking about you. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, no expectation. <sighs> There's just so much safety in that. And since coming forward and sharing, I really have found that the more I open up and explain to people how I'm wired, um, the more comfortable I feel, um, the more the relationships in my life now are just so much more authentic than they were um, before when I was wearing a mask and pretending like I had things together. And yeah. people are amazing if you say, you know what, I'm a hot mess today. You know, and sometimes we'll get on and do a planning session and I'll just, you know, straight up say, Shaylee, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm having a really hard time today. And the comfort in just being able to be real and mm. having people see you, yeah, you know, and, and not run away is huge. So, I mean, I could go on, go on and on and on, but I'll give you a chance to maybe share a few more things that people yeah. have better done that have just... Yeah. really made such a positive impact and been um, helpful to you. Yeah, I, I love what you said about, yeah, I like to talk about it too. I think it's important to ask people because some people aren't ready, but I think it, it breaks the ice. And there's actually even, uh, everyone likes talking about themselves in some way. And I used to feel like, um, you know, like there's something wrong with me or as braggy or how much I like to talk. Um, a lot of it has to do with like uh, hypomania too, thinking I talk too much, but I actually heard some research and I'm not like a sciencey person. So I might not get it right. So you might want to Google it before you tell anybody else. <laughs> but it was just something about how, when we share, and this is like, not just talking about like your favorite color or whatever, but like when we really share parts of ourselves, um, you know, and are vulnerable, it actually lights up parts of your brain or gives you synapses, like as if you had like a, um, a drug or like, a you know, it's like a shot of serotonin, which is your happy chemical or whatever. So I loved hearing that because I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, it's not that bad that I like to to share my story and and yeah when people actually ask about symptoms and things yeah. like that I remember the first time and I was like I yeah like it's it's this deeper level of care right yeah. they care what you experience instead of just assuming what you experience another thing that um, really really means a lot to me is just spending time with me and just, we don't have to go out or anything fancy, but just if you see me retreating to me, that's what works. And that's how people have, people that have figured me out know that, like, let's just sit and watch a movie and not talk. Or like I said, like, can I just follow you, like come to Costco with you or, or run errands when I'm, when, yeah, when I'm stuck in my head. Cause it kind of jolts me out or just like talk to me 
um, on the on the phone. Another thing is too is one I have we all have tapes, negative tapes that run in our heads, right? And one of mine is that I'm annoying or that I'm a clingy friend or that I talk too much uh, and those kind of things. And I want to tell you guys about something really cool. I have a lot of introverted friends, so I don't want. I always feel like even though they tell me five million times they're amazing that I don't annoy them, I still feel like I do. And this is an ongoing thing that I'm working on dismantling, but we have found different ways. So say I write them this super long thing, the close ones, I no longer expect them to answer right away. And I won't think they hate me. Oh yeah. my God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, we have a thing where we send like a purple heart and that means I've read it. I can't respond right now. I love you. You know, I, I, I see you. And then Aww, they respond great. when they have time. And we have a WhatsApp group. There's a few of us that like that. Like that. Yeah. Um, and then also I found this, if you're someone, and especially during hypomania, it helps. Or if you're someone that doesn't journal and you just need to brain dump or talk to someone. And when I'm hypomanic, I lose my train of thought and I feel all frustrated. But yeah. this app is called Marco Polo. And what it is, is you video, you talk the whole time right? They get it. Then they, especially for my people in different time zones, they get it. And then they respond when they can. And then I just feel a relief. Like, you know, that relief when you're struggling and you just tell even just one person, like whether it be your partner, friend, family member, whatever, it, it never ceases to amaze me because it's so little. It never yeah. seems to, when there's someone who, you know, is listening and cares about you, just speaking it aloud or writing it in a text how just it's still there but just a little lighter right you're just yeah. a little lighter i would love to transition now into actual like tangible things yeah. that you can say that people um want to hear yeah and i want to preface that by saying sometimes no words are what you can say right that's what i was gonna say the Good, actual, tell us the actual and you know I'm guilty of doing the opposite, but I used to make it so complicated and I used to get awkward and overthink what I was going to say. And I think one of the most important messages of this entire episode is sometimes we don't want to hear anything. We don't want to even hear solutions. We just want people to listen. We just want to feel heard. We just want to feel validated. So even if you sit with us and say nothing or, you know, that is the most meaningful thing of all. Eventually, if we're close, you can ask me if we want to figure out solutions together. Not yeah. like, can I tell you what to do? Like, are you ready for solutions together? Or do you want to talk out your options? Or do you want me, you know, some people, do you want me to advocate for you? Like some people that can't get to the yeah. doctor like I can drive you or like you can barely get there so then if someone was actually you know helping you you might not cancel and I think the number one thing you can say if you're awkward or stuck yeah. and it's better than giving off some you know uh, toxic positivity or something yeah. I think is encouraging is just say you know I don't know what to say or yeah. uh, but I uh, you know but I want to be there for you or um you know, I, I hope I'm not going to say the right thing. So I hope this comes in love. Or sometimes yeah. um, a friend and I went to uh, like an Indigenous talk and ceremony and talking about um, land acknowledgements and 
um, just how to how they would introduce themselves from the lands they come from. And one thing yeah. that one woman had said, um, she had said, I she says, I always say I come with a good heart. And so it felt really ridiculous. But I know sometimes when I'm entering into hard conversations, yeah. and not sure I'm going to say the right thing, but want to yeah. try anyways, I'll say I hope you know, I come with a good heart. Yeah. And I think it's so important to be talking about some of these things we can say, because I think a lot of times people out of feeling awkward or not knowing what to say, they don't say anything, but they don't come near us. And then we mistake their absence or silence as not caring. And it's, yeah. it's nothing but the opposite. They just are having a hard time finding the words. So you are so fantastic. And I know just from personal experience, so I would love for you to share a few more just phrases or things that have meant um, a lot to you. Things like actual phrases that people yep. can come back with if they're just, if someone has just shared a really tough thing with them. We've heard over and over, like acknowledging, like yeah. that sounds like it's so hard for you or that's really hard for you and I know one that really touches me is I'm so sorry you're going through that or yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you I hear you uh you know tell me more yeah or um I think yeah I say a lot to people that sounds so hard yeah it sounds so hard and then sometimes I used to feel like I had to say something at the end um I think too, one of the things I've learned um, from someone in a workshop or something is also just at, like, if you're just trying to approach at like everything is so overwhelming or you're so sad, or maybe you're someone that has suicidal ideation or thoughts. Um, it's so overwhelming to say, how are you? We we're trained to say fine or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I know it's really helpful to say, you know, how are you this morning? Or how are you today? Or how was oh, your week? It depends how you're doing. That's pretty long. Yeah. But it gives you an opportunity, right? Because I feel like if I say, oh, I'm not doing well, when they say, how are you doing? They might think I'm never well yeah. or, or whatever. It gives a focus um, um, of the of the day, I know that my close friends too, when I shared that after they say things like, it's hard, you know, that sounds hard, or I'm so sorry, or, you know, you know, yeah, those things. Um, one of the things one of my friends says too is, you know, is there anything I can help you do to take care of yourself? Yeah. Right? Or, um, you know, they know certain things about me. Um, you know, I remember the first time somebody looked into my eyes, my friend, and she's like, um, what do you need in this moment? Or what do you need right now? And I was like, I don't know if anybody's asked me that before. Aww. And I know we touched on this in our previous episode, just when it comes to tangible ways to help. Um, I think it's okay for us to articulate specific needs. Um, because, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, let me know if you need anything. I'm thinking of you. And we had shared that a lot of times that's hard for us. But I think, you know, for me, I've been able to open up and, and be more specific and share with people exactly what I struggle with. 
so that they can better help me and actually go the step further and say, can I do your groceries this week? And then the other thing we also talked about was the fact that it's very helpful sometimes to just drop and go without expecting a conversation without no need to come to the door. No need to come to the door without expecting a huge thank you note sent, you know, in the mail, because that can be really hard for us. And it might even stop us from accepting a casserole at the door if we know that there will be some extra strings attached to it. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just one example for me, the groceries, but also I used to get overwhelmed by um, picking up my kids at school. Yeah. And so to have a friend, you know, can I grab the kids at school or can I take your kids for a play date to give you a few extra hours? Um, that means the world to me that, you know, and that is sort of speaking my love language when it comes to reducing stress or anxiety. Are there any examples of things that some of your friends maybe know about you and can offer to help in a very specific way? Yeah. So, um, to piggyback on on what you're saying too is that sometimes you don't know so that's actually helpful too because I've been like I don't know and then either offer some things or they say you know think about it I'll message you in a couple days um, the and I've said before to someone these are the things I'm good at I'll be like I'm not so good at making meals but I could do your shopping I could take your kids um, you know do you have a favorite blank drink da, 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 da. yeah um but yeah sometimes giving them time because some people don't need and not only are you giving me the gift of doing the thing right you're yeah. showing you tell me you're you're coming back yeah. it's not a one-time thing and also uh, you're actually giving me um time not just time but uh, reflective like giving me things to reflect on because sometimes I'm so wired that I don't stop to think about what I need because I'm trying to calm my nervous system in anything I can do. I'm grabbing this and that. And maybe if I go to the store, I feel better. Maybe if I go for a drive and I'm doing all the things to try and calm down here, I'm not in, it brings me into, into my thoughts and then, yeah. and then reminds me. And then I have like a close friend that I wouldn't recommend this if you're not really, really close, but if you're really close, like I said, she said, what can, you know, I do to help you, but um some of my friends can be like what are you know it sounds like things are really hard you know what are because they know I have a list what are what is something you can do to take care of yourself right now yeah yeah and And, then yeah go ahead (laughs) and then remind me the friends that know too remind me about um my nervous system right like you know how they asked me about how my like my body you know what I mean like Or I have one friend that when I say I'm not doing well, she says, can we take some breaths together? She's like, I'll give you time. And then I like breathe and I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and just along the lines of people alongside knowing the specific things that they can do to help. You know, I've told many people in my life, I'm not spontaneous. So if we're going to plan a coffee or a get together, it needs to be weeks, if not months in advance. So I'll have friends that just say, they already know right out of the gate. So they say, I'd love to go for coffee with you. Um, Is there a time in the next few weeks or maybe next month? And like, it completely disarms me. Um, It also makes me more willing to, you know, 
pick up their phone calls. You know, I'm not a phone call person, but if I feel safe and I feel heard in terms of my boundaries, I'm much more likely to actually pick up the phone. Um, so, you know, just, just little tiny things like that make all the difference in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable the difference that a, a small gesture that might seem like not a big deal to someone can yeah. mean everything to us, especially in our darkest hours. And the other great tip that I heard is um, if you have a friend that struggles, when they're in a better place, that is the time to maybe have a conversation and ask them, mm -hmm. you know, what are the things that you struggle with and how yeah. can I help you? I want to help because chances are, if you wait until that friend is in their darkest hour, um, they're not going to pick up the phone and they're not going to be able to let you know um, how, yeah. how you can help them most. So um, that's another tip, which I thought was fantastic. And then I've often heard, you know, I've left eight messages. I got no response. Do they want me to call? Do they not want mm. me to call? Am I bothering them? At what point do I give up? And I can only speak for myself, but I want those people to know that I listen to all of their calls. I get their messages of love and support. Um, and even though they might feel like I'm not appreciating or responding, um, I've heard it sort of compared to a love tank. And when those messages or those cards come in, um, they almost fill up my tank to the point where on my darker days, I, I go back to that and I can draw from that well of love. And I've also been able to explain to people, you know, how hard and overwhelming it can be to respond to a text or an email or a phone call. Yeah. And so thank goodness um, they don't take it personally. Um, you know, I've actually apologized to people in the past for just going completely dark on them. But I've thankfully had the chance to explain now what was going on and that, that my lack of response was actually nothing to do with them. It was all to do with me just trying to survive and get through the day. So, yeah, I think um, that's a good life tip that you just just touched on. I read it recently, like 99% chance it's not about you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like our exactly. thoughts, you're right. Like other people have things going on or, or yeah. whatever. And me to the to the opposite of not retreating, of clinging. Right. Um, yeah, I've had friends they notice that when I get really anxious I apologize a lot like sorry to bother you or uh I'll ask them if they want to do something and I'll be like but you don't have to or uh da, 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 it, it probably isn't going to work for you da, da, like yeah and yeah. so they've said like uh, I love this uh, this thing and other a group of us we we now do it regularly but like we joke like well, either we say it started with you don't have to apologize for that but now we just actually say we kindly reject your apology <laughs> yes i because actually yeah so because sorry. we know like it's not needed instead of just saying you know oh that's okay like a recognizing that yeah i must it's a weird place to be in to yeah to be needy or whatever but i just love that she's like you know i kind of i I don't accept that apology because it's not needed or, or something yeah. like that. that I, I really, I really, really, really love that. It's so well, good. And, and I've also felt guilty for needing or accepting help from people. People genuinely care and they genuinely want to help. And so um, we should let them do that and let, yes. you know, um, 
my husband and his father-in-law, um, they always argue over the check at dinner at a restaurant. And they always have this line, don't rob me of the joy <laughs> of treating you to dinner. So it's almost that concept. Um, some people really do. It would mean nothing more to them than to know that they've been able to help us in, their, in our time of need. So I guess we don't want to ever rob someone of the joy <laughs> of yeah. being able to help us. If it's something as simple as picking my kids up from school when they were younger, it's okay to have hard days and it's okay that that overwhelms you. It doesn't make you any less of a person or a mom. Um, and so I think if we're more gentle with ourselves and the fact that it's okay to need help and to accept help. Yeah. So yeah. I need to remind myself of that. Yes. And I love that. I had uh, my therapist said, because also we get stuck in negative thinking, right? Our brains hold on to those negative things and thought patterns and she said you know would you be open to letting people surprise you letting letting people show up for you and and, and just they might surprise you like giving people an opportunity like I think that's what I do in the text when yeah. I'm like oh don't worry about it oh no you don't have like you don't even give them the opportunity it's like I'm so scared that someone's going to reject me yeah that I like set up these these walls, right? No worries. Hate to bother yeah. you. So I annoy myself sometimes because I'm like, you don't need to do that. And just, you know, it's the same thing with canceling or if I have to do things like that, let people surprise me with the response instead of making a whole excuse, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree with those 100%. They're so, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. Do we want to get into reading with some of our um brilliant community yeah um, shared with us they're all so fantastic and you know we also shared community comments in our last episode about things that aren't so helpful and mm -hmm. i'll echo what i said then that all of these are fantastic so here's a very simple but powerful one um this has been very helpful helpful to this person if someone has been present consistently. Yes. And I couldn't agree more because sometimes people show up at the beginning or maybe at the end, or we're so fearful that it's going to get so messy and hard that they're going to, you know, take off halfway through. So to have someone be there yeah. through the good times and the bad, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. I have a beautiful one that, um, yeah, I have to admit, I did cry over. Uh, and I know this woman, she's an amazing woman. And she says, I'll sit with you in the dark for as long as it takes until you tell me you can feel the light. That's so powerful to me because it's like, as long as, you know, as long as you want and you tell me. like, Yeah, not and not, not when they think the light should come back or not when they think you're better, but when you, on your time, in your time. Yes. Um, that's amazing. All right, I have two here that are the same and so important, but it's, they listened, validated me, and were empathetic. And then the other one is the same in capital letters, validation. And yeah. I know we touched on this. Just to be heard and our feelings not be, you know, dismissed yep. or invalidated or diminished. 
but just for someone to listen and really hear. Yeah. Yeah. I love this one so much. I believe in you and I'm here for you. You are so brave for battling this every day. I love that they said, yeah, they believe, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, Okay, I have another one. Um, And we had just finished talking about this, but um, just tangible ways to help. Can I bring you food? Can I come over and spend time with you? Um, You know, versus let me know if you need anything. Um, And I think the difference there is one puts the onus on us to reach back out with what we need. And the other one is just, I'm coming over, I'm dropping something at your door, whether you (laughs) want it or not. And if it's, you know, a chai tea latte, that's what it's going to be. Or if it's a week's worth of groceries, but you know, it will be sitting there when you feel ready to open the door. Open that door. Hopefully it doesn't spoil. <laughs> Watch you leave. I love um, and then one more from the same amazing person who is yeah. actually, I know quite well, um, when they feel validated um, just about their struggle and that there's empathy and um, that the care is expressed. So someone actually lets, lets them know, you know, I'm here, I heard you and I care for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going through this together. I'll be there with you. Another person says follow up and check in days and weeks later, or on a big day, like, um, you know, some people know there are certain times of the year, because even yeah. though we don't necessarily remember, I find Um, you know, the certain months that I used to get depressed, or there used to be the switch for me, because I'm quite cyclical. um, My body remembers. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't figure out why I'm sluggish or why like physically, there's something I feel unsteady and, and, um, or if something, you know, traumatic or hard happened that day or that week to remember even a year or two years later, like I know people, um, I have a friend that checks in um, in the middle of July because that was when I got my diagnosis 11 years ago. A friend of mine lost her her father and, uh, you know, she was worried about the winter because that's a darker time for her or whatever. And, you know, another friend asked her what she needed and like, do you want us to set up meals or do you want to? And she said, you know, um, beautiful things bring me hope. Um, I would love flowers. So um, she set up for her where once a month, she would have flowers brought to her. And now we've just done this for for another friend. And just like for a whole, we have it set up for a year. What? That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the next comment made me cry. Um, I'll hold it together. I hope right now, but, um, it's so beautiful. We're with you all the way through this. I know you had read a similar comment just all the way through. And then the last one here is praying. And so I'm a woman of faith and I believe in the power of prayer. And so to know that someone is taking the time, um, to pray for me daily, um, means the world to me. And Mm -hmm. so that's just another way that someone can be specific and help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
I mean, these were all amazing. Every yeah. single response we got. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm just checking a, a few more. Yeah. I'm not not judging because sometimes, especially I know um, I, we experience hypomania, but in mania, but even in um, hypomania, just to give us more grace because we're impulsive. Yeah. I mean, make yeah. decisions. And sometimes I like feel like I need to make a list of like people to apologize or whatever. <laughs> and I, I know that I sometimes like I'll say to my partner, my husband, you know, I already feel the agitation. I feel anxious. I feel frustrated and angry. I just am like, not to give me permission to be awful, but can I put a blanket apology if, Aww. you know, remind me if I'm, if I'm, you know, being terrible, but I just want to put a blanket apology because I am, I can tell I'm not going to be able to be my best self today. And cause otherwise I feel like I have to say sorry all the time. And then, so then I don't say sorry cause I'm mad that I have to say sorry. <laughs> and, and then just also like our shame of, of things. And it doesn't mean like excuse uh, yeah. the behavior but understand that some of the things you would, that are easy for you to control are not for yeah. us. Like yeah. some of the things that, and I might even know in my head, oh, this way it hurt someone's feelings like right in the moment or, or you know something I, I've said I just yeah, yeah I just I it, there I cannot explain to people that don't have bipolar disorder the yeah. urgency and the like you know I'll say like I won't criticize how so-and-so is making dinner or something like that the it's almost like the relief of saying it and then then there's the regret too right so yeah. I just uh, it's like so hard to not do the things right and so yeah. just understanding uh, and understanding that it's not it might be out of character for me it doesn't if I you know when I'm like that that might not yeah to hold it against me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say but more okay more grace and understanding in those times so yeah, yeah. i yeah. just want to see real quick yeah any other good oh ones someone says help? you know i love that a couple people were like um you know who someone said can i can i bring you a cheeseburger and let's watch our favorite show and then yes. I had one of my besties was like she just wrote cheese dip question mark because that's <laughs> kind of a thing like cheese dip brings her oh yeah and then some people like just breathe and yeah yeah oh I love this read it read it sorry let's just remind there was just so many you can only control you allow yourself to let go of the uncontrollables and focus on what you want mm. to and need to succeed and then you're okay just the way you are love that one. <laughs> I'll add one in from my husband. He didn't yeah. answer the poll, but um, my spouse, when I'm having a bad day or I am feeling off or agitated, the best thing he can say to me is give yourself a break. Take the pressure off you're not going to feel like this all the time. Do you need a nap? Go take, it's just, it gives me complete permission to just be without, you know, 
the expectation that within an hour or two, I need to be back to my old self. Um, just whenever, because I'll often beat myself up and think, you know, what's my problem? I'm not being an equal yeah. contributor or as a wife or, or a mom. And he's just like, I did this today. Yeah. He's just complete pressure off. He goes, give yourself a break. A friend recently, actually just yesterday, um, uh, on Marco Polo, she <laughs> was answering. Cause I was just like, I just can't shake this, uh, like feeling like I'm on unsteady ground or new. It, it's not quite a depression. It's not quite mania. I just, I'm not settling in. And, and, you know, when I get frustrated this season, cause usually it was the fun manic season for a few weeks. Um, yeah. And I don't get that anymore. And I, I honestly, I miss parts of it. I know I'm better off in the treatment plan, not letting it get there because of the crash, but yeah. And also like with COVID and what is normal and all, just everything. Yeah. She just said, you know, uh, she was joking that she used to tell her son, they used to joke when he had a bad day at high school, well, did you get pants today? And he's <laughs> like, and he'd be like, nope. And she'd be like, well, it's a good day if you still have your pants on. And so <laughs> she said to me, um, so now we're joking, like pants are on, right? But she also said, you know, let's not shoot for happy. Yeah. or brilliant Perfect. or yeah. making this the best day of your life she's like let's just you know be comfortable and be okay yeah. with mediocrity exactly yes yeah. like it you're gonna have a mediocre day or a bad day and just to all if you strive for me the mediocre day it's only gonna get and I know that sounds kind of um yeah sad but it just gives you permission and this is yeah. one of my favorite um things that I've adapted and because uh, I always struggle and it's an overthinking thing and it's hard when everyone's like have a great day have a fantastic weekend beautiful right yeah but I remember one time I think it might have been our pastor when we were actually talking about mental health yeah he just said have a day yeah I, I would... and you can say I hope you know I can hope these things for you or I just say have a day and if uh, you know have a, a good day um, and if you don't, that's okay too. Or I say, have a day, whatever that, that brings you. I, I was just going to say, I think you said that to me a couple of days ago, have <laughs> a great weekend. And if not have a weekend. And I think in our Christmas episode last year, you know, we were very careful because last Christmas was very different for yeah. a lot of people. So we yeah. just said, you know, have, have a Christmas, have a Christmas have a holiday season. And one other thing that you, you're very wise, my co-host, um, we see it everywhere. Good vibes only, good vibes only. And I think we're going to change it to all vibes welcome. All vibes welcome. You know, because we have to acknowledge there's so many people, the vibes that day when they're looking at that are anything but good vibes only. So I think for all of us to just take a deep breath and be gentle with ourselves and know that, you know, feelings aren't constant. They will change. And, you know, like my husband says, you're not always going to feel this way. So just take the pressure off, take a deep breath, go make yourself a coffee and yeah, be just be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And so as we've uh, wrap up the episode, I think, yeah, just, being with us, showing up, yeah. right? And then just relentlessly 
over and over and over again, witnessing, empathetically yeah. witnessing each other's pain. Yeah. yeah. I just, it, we're going to, it will really honestly save lives. And so yeah. thanks for being with us. Yeah. If you have any uh, other ideas or we're going to plan to ask these questions a lot because I feel like it's something that um, really resonated with us and with you too. So yeah. this is bipolar. This is bipolar.